everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success today. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. Hallie? How's it going? It's going great. Excited for today's conversation. Yes, this is one of my favorite favorite conversations. And the purpose of this uh, podcast is to really shed some light on fierce conversations. And I know when people first hear fierce conversations, if they're not familiar with Susan Scott's work and her book, Fierce Conversations, which you and I have had a lot of training on and clearly read her books and listened to her on stage and taken the courses with her. And most importantly, we've been able to actually bring these into our daily lives. And what a, you know, one of the coolest things about learning these skills to have fierce conversations, which we'll define in a few minutes, um, is that they're lifelong learning opportunities, right? They're their skill that goes with you from business to personal. It's that kind of interconnection that you're going to have. Cause a lot of times, I mean, there's a lot of fierce conversations that need to happen at home. And remember fierce conversation, when people hear that word. It's like fierce. They think it's like an argument or, or that you're taking a side and that's not what it's about at all. Right. So when you hear fierce conversations, what does it mean to you? Well, <laughs> I mean, because I know what it means, <laughs> but, um, but I never really thought it would meant like, t- like, um, combative or argumentative to me, it always meant just having a tough, real transparent conversation. You know, when I first heard fierce conversations, it made me like want to win. Ah, interesting. Like I first yeah. heard fierce and I'm like, I'm going to, the first thing that came in, I was like, I'm going to win. Yes. I don't know what I'm winning, so but your, I'm going to win. Your beach ball color <laughs> yes. is different than my beach ball yes. color. And that's why we need to get yes. together and, you know, exactly. interrogate reality and have these conversations because we all come from different perspectives. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, coming to learn, you know, fierce conversations is, is about having the courage to have truthful conversations mm-hmm. with yourself too, because the majority of us are, are having conversations. Just sometimes we include other people. Yes. And it's a line from a book, which I love, yes, right? Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's so funny too, because 90% of your communication is with yourself, which is that voice. And you're just yep. having the conversation and it talks back to you. Right. Yep. And sometimes you include other people. I think the other component before we dive into the seven principles of fierce conversations is that, um, you have to practice this. Oh yeah. And if absolutely. you don't, and, and what a great opportunity in business that you get to practice these conversations all the time, because, um, whether you're having a fierce conversation, 30 seconds in a hallway, or you're actually having a sit down fierce conversation for an hour, there's still, the principles can be used. And what I found very helpful in my life is when you go through the seven principles of these things, um, it's, uh, you may use one principle for a, you know, level one fierce conversation, Mm -hmm. but you're still using part of it. And then you may use all of them, uh, or every single, you know, um, strategy that's employed in these to have like a real, like hour long sit down with somebody who's, who you need to have a real fierce conversation with. Yeah. You know, when I, when I, um, read these principles or think about these principles, I don't even know if I would think about them as applying. Yes, you can apply them to a conversation, but I actually think they're just applicable to it's a way of living mm-hmm. really more than anything. It's like a mindset to none of these have to do with exactly with just having a conversation. They really have to do with just living. Yes, that's exactly right. And, and kind of your intention behind it. Yeah. You know, one of the things is, is, you know, I think it's really important when we were talking about this yesterday with some of our employees, um, is that our, you know, when you kind of, what's your intent behind having a fierce conversation? Is it to win? Kind of like I was just saying when I get in there. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, like, is it to yeah. win? Is it to prove that you're right? Right. Right. To go into or the prove conversation somebody else is wrong. or prove somebody else is wrong. And if you're doing any of or that, to that's, get them to agree with you, which exactly. I think oftentimes happens in those types of conversations. Using your title as a way to get people to buy into what you're doing. Or maybe even that you, um, or use your intellectual 
abilities yes. to talk around someone or talk through somebody um, to get them to try to agree with you or to make them feel less than yes to get them to agree with you. You know, yes, you know, exactly. I'm thinking of somebody who does that. Yeah. Um, but none of those are really the way to approach it. You're never going to get on, get to the truth or get to any sort of um, real resolution if you approach it that way. And, you know, my son, who's seven, was yelling at my older daughter the other day when he, she's nine. And when they were getting to the argument, he kept raising his voice and I paused everybody and I just said, hey, hold on a second. I said, let me just, you guys can go back to arguing in two seconds. Let me just, let me just interject for a second. I said, Asher, you raising your voice actually doesn't get your point across better. I said, in fact, it actually is probably going to make her not want to hear your point of view. So I said, a better way to argue, because I'm just not trying to fight with what they're doing. Yeah. I said, would be for you to actually become more calm and you to actually have more clarity so that then she becomes more calm and you can actually solve what the issue that you're having. Because mm -hmm. if mom and dad aren't going to solve this issue, that's up to you guys. I'm just giving you a little point and I let go and I went back. And at that point, they both stopped and they started having a conversation with it. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, like what were they... Did, what were they arguing about? Like one wanted to do something and the yeah, other didn't. Yeah, something silly. I don't even, it was yeah. like, they, you know, why did Sienna get this and Asher uh, didn't? One yeah, of those type yeah. of things. And so the other thing just on this topic is I also stopped and said, you guys should celebrate one another when they get something. I said, it's not always going to be fair, but I said, it'll always work out equally in the end. Sometimes Asher may be with me and he gets something and he comes back and you shouldn't brag about it. There's a difference when we talked about intent. There's a difference between telling somebody that you got something because you enjoyed the experience versus telling your brother that you got something so that you feel one up on him, which Correct. sparked the conversation in the first place. Yeah. That's bragging. And then, so then Sienna was really good and she came up and said, okay, well, we're going to have ground rules if people brag. Ah, and so then great. it's like, we lose the iPad. And then, so that's what sparked this like 30 minute conversation with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I was just kind of, as you were saying too, like they really were like asking questions. They were like, well, why is Sienna get this? And yes. why is Asher getting this? Which made me think, well, a lot of time, a lot of times fierce conversations really are just asking questions, but it's really, how are you asking the questions so that you can get to um, understanding. My point of bringing that up too, is that, you know, we look at that and say, well, it's just kids being kids, but how often do we do that as adults? Oh yeah. How they got something. Yeah. They're getting something more than I am. Yeah. They got this job over here. We don't, we don't stop that. Well, and I was going to say a lot of times it is more internal. It's not necessarily yeah, always we, external. Yes. yes. Um, we've learned to, we've learned it's not socially acceptable to necessarily do that out loud, but we're totally doing it in our, in exactly. our and having that conversation with ourselves. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so at some point you got to stop that. Right. And so that's why the point of having a fierce conversation is so that, well, let's get into the principle number one. Yeah. Well, why don't we, before we do that, how about we talk about why we have fierce conversations? Yeah. So, I mean, that? Yeah, and that kind of goes with principle number one. I mean, the purpose of any fierce conversation is to interrogate reality. And really what interrogating reality means is that you're willing to see somebody else's side. And you can't really see somebody else's side. I mean, you're just trying to see the truth because you have a skewed view of how you see things, right? Mm -hmm. The way you see things, if you change the way you see things, you change the way things are. So if you're seeing something with a certain color glasses on, you're going to see whatever color glasses that you're seeing. So in order to interrogate reality, you have to be willing to ask a lot of questions so that you can actually hear not just doing it for the, the rehearsal of the conversation, but you can actually hear somebody else's side and actually understand where they're coming from. You know, the best debaters in the world can take both sides and win. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you have to think about integrity reality is that there's always two sides to every story, sometimes three, right? Three, three usually. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so you, you have a side and for the way you see it is accurate, but how does some, how does Hallie see it? Well, and, and here's the thing that I think with the interrogate reality, just because I'm understanding what you said, doesn't mean that that's actually reality either. Yes. That's that three Good sides, point. right? It's your, it's your perspective, my perspective, and then the, actually the facts of the situation or the truth. Yes. Um, and I think having a willingness to come to the table and hear each other's perspectives, but also say, 
neither one of us is actually right. Yes. And here's actually the reality. Yeah. I mean, that is the purpose of a fierce conversation. And one even of, one of the purposes. when you get to that third point, like either, neither of you are really right. And maybe that the third point's not even right, but it's closer to the truth. Exactly. It's closer to a better solution because there's different perspectives being seen on that, especially if this decision is large. So that's that kind of interrogating reality. Yep. And the other purpose of a fierce conversation is to provoke learning. Yes. And what do you do to that? Um, well, I think it's questions, I mean, questions. Yeah. And as we're, you're interrogating reality, you're inevitably learning. Um, oftentimes you might be doing additional research. I mean, it's not just yes. talking, it's researching, it's bringing other people into a conversation. It's, uh, maybe leaving the conversation, getting more information and coming back. There's all that. And that's just, that's learning. Yeah. You know, part of the, an example of this is that I think you do this too, as well. Whenever I do happen to go to the news, which I rarely do, but when I do want to read something, cause somebody's brought it up or something I need to know. So I'm, I'm, I'm rest with it. I always go to like three different news channels yes. and I take completely different side news channels. And the funny thing is, is they're all talking about the same issue. If I'm looking at it, cause it's big enough, but they're all saying it differently. Correct. And so that I just want to be able to hear and read both sides without any judgment. I'm not agreeing with any side. I'm just trying to gather the information, i.e. learning, and then being able to critically think after I've gathered all the information that I can. Yeah. And actually the, the, I mean, you know, this is my, my opinion, but the best way is actually to read the bill, read the, um, the governor's memo, like mm -hmm. don't actually listen to the media's mm -hmm. interpretation of those documents or the, the next, the bill that's being put in front of, um, Congress, is it Congress or the house? Yeah. The house. Um, yeah. But you um, did that one time. Actually, I remember when we were having an argument about something that we saw in the media, uh, the interpretation of something yeah. for uh, one of our business events. And you go, let me go read the bill. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you, yeah. and that, then you sent me the bill and I think the you might've been right. Facts. Yes, that's exactly. the, that's the, the, that's the truth. And well, right. Well, here's the tricky part, though, is then it's facts. But then how do you interpret it? And exactly. that's where lawyers come in. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and like, that's where the fierce conversations come yes, in. Like, exactly. here's the, but at least you are operating off of the same set of information exactly right. yep. um, rather than other people's interpretations of the information. Yeah. Um, tackling tough challenges is another purpose of fierce conversations. I mean, that's where we I think we use it most often. Yes. Is when we say fierce conversations, we often are saying, OK, it's time to tuffle tackle. I just yeah. made up a word. He did. <laughs> tackle Hang on me too long. <laughs> tough, um, a tough issue or a tough challenge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the fourth and most important reason why we would have any fierce conversation is because the conversation is the relationship. Yes. And it really, it helps enrich the relationship when people are heard. That's a rare commodity, right? It's not, it doesn't happen every day in business. In fact, it doesn't really happen in personal lives. Correct. And you know, a lot of times we're, what we're doing is instead of actually listening to their person and really enriching the relationship to understand, you know, look, you don't ever have to agree with them, mm -hmm. but you can really hear them. There's a difference between if you're intense to really understand their point of view, then you shouldn't be afraid of adopting their point of view because you're still going to listen to it. And if you happen to change your point of view, then fine. Yeah. I mean, you've changed your point of view from when you were 16 to are today, people change their point of views and that's, that's fine. That's part of the learning process. I, I think that's a lot, a lot of times why people like um, having coaches in their life yeah. because that's sometimes the only place that they have. I mean, we're lucky we have fierce conversations every day, mm -hmm. but a lot of people don't have that in their daily life. And a coach enables them to have those fierce conversations and do all of these things. And yes, you have a relationship with your coach, but even more so you're, you're provoking learning, you're interrogating reality and they're helping you do that. And I don't think a lot of people have that person in their yeah. life. 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So the purpose of the conversations, interrogate reality, provoke your own learning, right? And hopefully help somebody else learn, right? And then you're, by doing that, you're tackling the tough challenges that are around you from level one to 10. And then most importantly, you're enriching the relationships to the people that you're actually having the conversation. Remember, a conversation can change the trajectory of somebody's life. It may not, but it could. And the conversation is the relationship. I remember the first time they said that, I actually brought that into my personal life. Yeah. It was like five or six Me years too. ago yeah. when I first bought it. And I was like... I was like, oh, I get it, Sarah. Like you actually just want to have the conversation, even though I'm like, she brings something up and I want to solve it and fix it. And she's like, I don't want you to solve or fix anything. I just want you to listen to me. So now we go on these walks and they're wonderful. And I just listen and and I ask questions about it. Tell me a little more about that. And I'm trying to solve it. Right. Because the conversation is the relationship. Exactly. So that, yeah, there's seven principles. And, and I mean, I, I go back to the book, fierce conversations all the time. I just taught the the book and we read it in my cohort again. I mean, I've read this book like five or six times. So we're, I just want for people who are listening to know that there's actually some additional yes. um, really great resources and all the things that we're talking about. There's frameworks in the book to actually how to have these conversations um, that you can actually practice yes. like the opening statement mm-hmm. script or the um, decision tree. That's a great framework. Um, the beach ball conversation. Yes. That's a great framework. But here are the principles. Yeah. Go for it. Well, I think one of the, before we jump into those, okay. one of the things that's really important too is people want to become better leaders. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've been doing over the last 45 days in our organization is to say, how do we create better leaders? Because leadership is, it's about making quality decisions. It's about, um, you know, influencing, about moving roadblocks, about vision, right? That's one of the most important things you can do. But how do you, like, that's like a, those are big words, how you do it is this, right? It's like, this is how you actually become a better leader. It's like, you don't become a better leader by reading. You don't become a better leader by just sitting. You become a better leader by actually practicing these things in the moment that they need to be practiced on. So when you're going through these principles, one of the most important things you can do is say, you know, that really works. Um, I'm going to go use this today. Mm -hmm. And then just, you're not going to be perfect at it, but start using these things. That's how you become a better leader. And if you haven't stacked these things, you know, day after day, year after year, just plenty of opportunities every day to have these conversations, right? Oh, absolutely. From small to large, right? And as you do, you get better and better and you, you see the results happening when you actually have clear, fierce conversations with courage and truthfulness, what actually the outcome is. And then it actually creates this virtuous cycle because then you're like, wow, that was very scary, but I had it. Man, look at the result. And it may not be the result you wanted, but it was a result that ended up being the best result based on the situation that's there. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I was just thinking this, but I think the whole, the whole courage thing, I, a lot of, and I'm sure you experience this too, a lot of times in my coaching, um, every, they, they, you mean, especially people I coach, they, they master this, right? Yeah. And they absolutely know exactly how to frame out a conversation. They know exactly what to say. They know exactly who they need to say it with. And the disconnect is there's so much fear about yeah. having that conversation. How do you help people get over the fear to actually go have this conversation. So now principle number one is master the courage to interrogate reality. We talked about the purpose of that. So really, again, just kind of to overview number, the principle number one is interrogating reality is to drop your ego, drop your willingness to be right, drop your willingness to be wrong, drop your willingness to have a pre uh, set agenda into the conversation. Don't come into it with any expectation other than you want to get at the reality or the truth of the situation. Yeah. And for me, I'm with you on that. And then it's the master, the courage part that needs to be practiced. And yeah, that's a good point. Um, because that's the principle. It's yeah. it, the purpose is to interrogate reality, but the principle is that you have to master the courage to do it. Um, and everything that you were just saying for me is letting go of the outcome. Yeah. And really it was just so much easier said than done. Yeah. 
but learning to let go, like no matter what happens, you're still going to be okay. You're even if you lose your job, Sun's you know, you tomorrow. can get another one. Yes. Like sometimes you have to even do that self-talk. Like, yeah. okay, if I have this conversation, the worst case scenario is I lose my job. Yeah. Okay. Will I be able to find another one? Do I know how to make money? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll be good. And then you need to go have the conversation and they usually go fine. Yeah. And, and, you know, letting go of the, you know, the, I'm mastering the courage of that is that letting go of the ego coming in there with no expectations. And that becomes the skill that you get to work on as a leader, which makes you a better leader. So by, by mastering those things and pr- applying them is actually making you a better leader. And mm-hmm. that's the, that's the really cool part about that. Um, a lot of times when I'm working with somebody who is, um, that I'm coaching with is typically a high income earner, right? So whenever they start getting fear around money, one of the things I always do is say, what I want you to do is just check the box that you'll always be fine with money and move it aside. Mm-hmm. So just check that box. So if you're afraid of making a decision around money and you're listening to this, most likely you're going to figure out a way to make money. Now it may not be a hundred million dollars, right? Or whatever the number is, but you'll always be okay money wise. And so you should always just check that box and then move it aside and then act because that, that check, that money can sit in front of you and block you from actually coming out. So a lot of the people that I talk with, that's not actually the block, but this is the block. And tell me how you would, how you would respond to this one. It's much more about relate. It's about the relationship, uh, maybe a little bit reputation and, um, not being good enough and making mistakes. That's well, the, where all the fear comes from. The relationship one is an easy one because the relationship would be that if you really care about the person, you'd have this conversation. Yes, but the fear is how that person respond is going to respond. Yeah, and you need to let go of the fear and let go of the outcome, just like you said. Yeah. The minute you can let go of that outcome of how that person is going to respond, I you know, can't control yeah. that. I know. Well, yeah, like I said, so easy to yeah. say, very hard. Well, that's why you practice do. small. Yeah. Right? You practice with like a conversation that you, you know, you, you know, in all those conversations, all of a sudden you need to get a little tense inside and your energy shifts and you're like, I should really say this. That's when you practice saying it. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not just going to go from there to having like a 10 of coming out and saying those things. Right. So yeah. that's why you practice smaller and you'll, what, that's what I meant when I, when I first started saying this is that you'll start building this virtuous cycle because you'll realize that, wow, I actually feel a lot better. And it's almost irrelevant how the person responds. Yeah. You actually feel a lot better and you have more clarity to see beyond the situation. It's almost like you have to have the courage in order to say it. And then once you say it, it's like something opens up so you can see beyond what you just said. Yeah. And your confidence builds, builds the more that you do it. But, and I think Brene Brown may have written this. I can't remember who did, but, um, a lot, I, I read somewhere that a lot of times you don't have the conversation because the fear is that you don't know how to handle the other person's emotion yeah. and reaction, Yeah, which is what you can't, which you can't, but and you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself for having to handle somebody else's yes. emotions and reactions. So anyway, for me, it's like a lot of self-talk Yeah. when, you know, going into one of those fierce conversations and just what is the worst case scenario? I mean, sometimes it could be divorce. Yeah. It could be, I mean, it could be all sorts of things, but just knowing that you'll be able to get through it. Yeah. And then it goes, this kind of goes with number two, which is the number two principle is come out from behind yourself into the conversation to make it real. Meaning that means that like walk out in front of the fear, whatever that fear is, right? It's a fear of money, fear of reputation, fear of how the person is going to react. When you can step in front of that and have the truthful conversations, that's when you can start setting yourself free. I don't mean setting yourself free. Like you just float around like a bird, right? It just means that you are no longer going to live your life from a different place, right? Spirituality or personal growth is all about, it's not changing what you do, but changing the part of you that's doing it. And this is just a classic example of that is if you can change the part of you that's interacting with life. And and so if there's fear in front of you, you're always going to be acting from some sort of fear, Mm -hmm. right? If you don't have fear and you're in front of it, you're not acting through fear. 
So therefore it's not, it's not, um, creating a haze for you to actually see clearly what needs to happen. And you need to go through that, right. In order to understand that there's a whole other side of this. And that becomes the clarity that you get is when you can actually step in front of whatever the fear is. So you can actually have the truthful and courageous conversations. Uh, and they may not go your way, but that's right. why you have to let go of the outcome. But in the end, it always does go your way because you've taken the highest intent. And, and, and because you've been authentic and true to yourself. Yes. yes. And so how, like, how would you feel if somebody came to you to have a fierce conversation and they, to me, this being real is being also being vulnerable mm -hmm. and saying, this is going to be a really hard conversation. I don't even exactly know how I'm going to say it, yeah. but I need to kind of get it out and hopefully we can work through it together. Yeah. Do you see that as weakness? Do you see that as just being authentic? Do you see that as being vulnerable? Do you see that as being unprepared? Like, how do you view that sort of yeah. lead in? That's a great question. Um, none of those. Uh, well, okay. I, 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 I see it as an opportunity that something's bothering somebody and they should have the opportunity to come and just get it out. Yes. And like, even sometimes when you and I have to have fierce conversations, you're like, I'm not quite sure how to say it. And I just say, just get it out. Yeah. Just say it. It's not going to yeah. come out perfectly. It's not going to be as you scripted, but just get it out and let's work through there. Right. right. And, and, yes. and, and, and you, as if you're the one about to receive the information, you need to make sure you're checking your energy. And so that you're like, okay, something's going to come. That's probably not going to be what you want in this yes. moment. So therefore you need to make sure that you're clear and remain, and neutral, remain neutral, neutral as much as you absolutely can. I mean, you're going to get into a heightened state, right? Everyone does, but then you just kind of relax, breathe through there and say, I can handle anything that comes this way, right? I can handle a conversation. Mm -hmm. And then it's whatever that comes out you say, okay, awesome. Let's talk through this. Maybe somebody's leaving and maybe that somebody wants more money. It may be that they need to talk about somebody else in their organization. Yeah. Right. And whatever it is. And then you can hear it. And even if you get shifted, you can, or, then you or, can be, here's the other thing too, is yeah. you can then be vulnerable of saying, wow, like my energy shifted there. Like I'm feeling a little defensive. So I'm just not going to respond. Give me a few minutes. I think that's one of the best ways you can actually respond. Yeah. What I was going to say is that I think a lot of times when fear, what happens with fierce com conversations is that the person is bringing to the other person something that they don't like about them or that's not, or that is, they're not, they're seeing that the person is not doing very well. I'm thinking again of my, all my force multipliers. Yeah. A lot of times their fierce conversations are like the way you've been treating me or the way you show up in the organization is going to be detrimental to our reputation. Like it's the, it's actually the bringing stuff to light. That's about yes. the other person, yes. which can be very uncomfortable. Of course. Um, any, any thoughts or advice on that? Well, I think you need to have it. Yeah. I think people that are real leaders want to hear that deep down, but they don't yes. want to hear it because they want everything to kind of go their way. But to your point, what you just said is actually exactly how they should handle it. Like stay neutral. Yes. It's going to, because again, I feel like not every fierce conversation, but a lot of fierce conversations is somebody delivering information at that about level. You. Yes. About, at that level. Yes. And those sit down conversations. Yeah. Somebody says, and you say, okay, bring it. Like I'm your open performance to it. is not, you know, actually well who does yeah. a really good job is, um, the CEO of KW Vermont. Um, oh, Ryan, give him a yeah. shout out to him. He's yeah. been a part of mine for 10 years. Right. Yeah. And he does a really good job of hearing fierce conversations, constructive, constructive. He, actually what he'll say and I say, Hey, can I share something? He goes, make me wince. Uh, and yeah. I love that line. Yeah. Cause he's like, he, he's like, okay, I got it. I, I, I hear it. Like he never responds negatively to the other person. He doesn't turn it around and make it about you, yeah. about what he's doing. He doesn't try to support himself up and he just he goes, okay, let me examine that or whatever yes. words he would say yeah. there. But he's like, he always goes, just give it to me. Let me wince. 
Yeah. Give me the feedback. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, and he just sits there and then it doesn't mean that he doesn't wince. That's the whole point is he does, right? He's or it like, doesn't mean that he agrees necessarily. Yes, but either, he's but like, he's okay, let me, to... yeah. And then he will go reflect on it and yeah. then come back. But he's, he's taught me a lot in terms of that. And actually when him and I have to, when he comes to me and has fierce conversations with me, he's like, give me a hug because I need to have fierce conversation. Yeah. It's that love. And so he'll sit down and say, I love you. And I said, just give it to me too, right? Whatever yeah, it is. Right, and right. we just have that great relationship back and forth. But that's the the point of having those conversations. That's also how you keep people around for a decade, right? Yes. Is that you are open to it. They're open to it. And that's such a perfect example of the conversation being the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because you know, because look, <laughs> every day there's, well, not every day, every month there's a major problem that happens in business. I don't care what level you have in business. There are major problems. It's just part of life. It's just, it just is, especially when you're, whether you're not engaged in business or you're engaged in business, there's going to be problems and you have to be willing to say, looking at it, interrogating reality, and then having the courageous conversation, whatever it is that, that could be your partner being like, I lost my job. We don't have any money. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, like, let's have that conversation or whatever the conversation is. Yeah. Right. Or I want to have kids and I don't want to have kids. Right. Whatever that conversation is happens to be, there's always serious conversations there. It's all the thing that you have to remember that you can always take away is, I need to own my own energy. Mm. I need to own my energy in this conversation. And then I always like to, again, like I always remember Brian saying that, like, make me wins every time. Like, uh-huh. hey, can I give you some feedback? He goes, <clears throat> it's like, make me wins. Yep. Because it does. That's like good. when yeah, you yeah, people hear, unless yeah. you're an enlightened master, right? Yeah. The, the odds are you're going to feel something exactly. because it's hitting you. The only reason why you don't want to say something to somebody is because you know, it's going to put them off. It's going right. to shift And then you don't energy. know how to necessarily yes. deal with yes. that type of energy. Yeah. Even family members in a business, I've had to have sit down real conversations with them that you, it's twofold and it's, you know, they're close to you and you love yes, them. Yeah. And at the same time, you got to give them real feedback. Right. And That's so you just, artist, and yeah. part of that is some of the things that I've done before. And I think we've talked about this in podcasts is that you separate two is like you as a person, love you 10, right? You as this 10, you in this in job or whatever that looks like is a two. And let's talk about that. So they know that yeah, you're yeah. unconditionally loved because they're, you know, family. Right. And then, but there's, there's still an element of like, we've got to deal with it. I, I, I always, whenever I kind of go into these conversations, sometimes I always, I think I might have emailed you this and I said, you know, a spiritual warrior yeah. is somebody who can feel life very deeply yet still navigate clearly through it. Yes. I th- I've been repeating that often. Yes, I know yes. well, <laughs> because it's true in tough conversations. Like I can feel it, meaning that you can take in the conversation and then feel it yep. and then navigate through it. And, and that's, that's kind of number two is coming out from behind there. Right, number three, be here prepared to be nowhere else. Yeah. And that's the present moment, right? That yeah. word's thrown around often. And, and let me just say one thing about present moment. The present moment just means that you're not thinking about what you're going to say. You're not thinking about where you should be. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking about what other things you could be doing. You're not thinking about some future event. If you're just having the conversation with yourself about what could happen, you're in the moment you're engaged in that. And typically if somebody comes in and they start having first conversation, you're going to be in that moment, mm-hmm. but you as the person doing it, I also, I think this is really important for lower level fierce conversations. And I actually gave the example because I do this and I try to work on this is like, if somebody grabs me in the hallway, right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to sit here for 60 seconds and listen. I have so many things I can do. If I'm going to sit there, I might as well be present with the person. Right. If Absolutely. I don't have 60 seconds to say, Hey, I'm running to a meeting, jump on my calendar or call me later or whatever that is. I'd love to catch up with you. And I've started doing that a lot. It's much easier to put the brakes on before it starts instead of sitting there for two minutes, pretending that you actually are there. Checking your watch the Ex- whole time. Exactly. And, and like yep. that nervous energy about trying to get away. People yeah. feel that. Oh yeah. And then you're not doing any of that stuff. Yeah. So just remember that being present means big conversations and even the little ones where people are grabbing you. And if you don't have time for it, it's fine too. You can put mm-hmm. the brakes on, mm-hmm. right? Just say, Hey, you know what? 
now's not the time. I'm, I'm caught up in here. I can't give you my attention right now. Yeah. Right. And just being honest with them. That is a truthful conversation. That yeah, is a fierce uh, conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was just, I was just thinking like other things to do to prepare. Um, obviously you're going to prepare the conversation ahead of time, but then once you're in it, making sure you're just present and in it, yeah. putting your phone away. I mean, these are just tactics, yeah. but like putting your phone away. Cause that can be very distracting. Yes. If you're watch, look, watch, look, take your watch yeah. off and like put that aside. Do you have your emails go to your watch by the way? Yes, or I do. You know, I don't because it was, it was distracting. Yeah. Um, you know, it's so hard to read them that it's, it's, they just kind of like pop up and I'm like, eh, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But if I saw something from you, <laughs> that would be different. But it was just like, you know, cause for me, I had it on there, but every, like I'd get a text message and like, yeah. and like, I would be like trying to be present, but it, it would be bothering me so much to now I have to look at my phone. I, it doesn't, I can, I can ignore. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mine was, to, and I just, I just had to kill it. Yep. It's kind of interesting. All right. Number four, tackle your toughest challenge today. Yeah. I feel like that one's fairly, um, self-explanatory. Um, if, I mean, we know that if we wait on conversations or if we wait on taking action on something, it just, it becomes a bigger issue. You have so much, I mean, I would so much anxiety. It takes up so much time and energy and mental, mental space and energy. Just go have the conversation as quickly and as possible, humanly possible and get it out of the way. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Number five, obey your instincts. Yeah. What does, what does that one mean to yeah. you? I need more information on that one. So I think for this, when I kind of, when I think about that is you as a leader or having a conversation, kind of like a pulse. And I think this is about, for me, it's about when to have the conversation. Yes. So you have, um, if you're in a conversation with somebody and like, and I've done this to you, this is examples. Like I've walked into your office and I can just tell something's off. Mm. And in that moment, I'm like, I know she doesn't want to talk about this, but right. something's bothering her. Yes. And so in that moment, I may say, now is not the time to actually go talk about it. And I'll actually leave. And then I will come back later on that day and say, I know you probably don't want to talk about this. Right. And you go, I don't want to talk about it now because you need to process it. And I'll shut your door and I'll make you talk about it. Yes, you will. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. I just, that's what I mean by obeying it's your instincts. afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Because you just, there's something that's preventing you from doing your, your job at the highest capacity and or any suffering. I don't want to see anybody suffering. So I don't like you suffering. So in any of those situations, you just, you, you know, Everybody does this. I don't, you don't have to be like any special leader. You can walk into a room for the most part and say, something's off with these folks. But I do, well, I will say that it does take, that's not natural for everybody. It's certainly not natural for me. I have to be much more intentional about, um, reading a room, paying attention to people's energy in it and being more present so that I can actually pick up on that stuff. Um, I would challenge you a little bit on that because I think most of the time you've picked up on it, but you just didn't want to act on it because I do not trust or obey exactly. my instincts, but that you're right. They, the instincts instinct is always there. And we're usually, this is just a aside, but you and I are like always on the mm-hmm. same page about what's happening. You you're able to connect the instinct to the action yeah. much, much faster than I am. Um, even though my instinct, you're right, is usually always right. Yeah. So we just had a fierce conversation. Yeah. So you showed up and I just, was that a fierce conversation? I don't know. If it was, I just felt but, like that was just like a conversation, but that's part of it is like, you know, I didn't allow you to get out of that. Yeah. And I just said what needed to be said because it's truth because you actually do see it. So you can actually recognize that. Yes. I just need to close the gap between yeah. instinct to action. Well, you could, and you can add a step in there, but the fr- you don't have to act as quickly as, as a leader do, or as I do, but like you can, you can recognize it and then go, I need to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. And then you become just like you said, present paying attention. Was it just a person in the mood? Was it, was it my energy? Actually, like three weeks ago, I had a, a leader come in there. I'm sitting down and he's like, I don't know what's going on. Like this day is like, he was just like, like just spitting out like negativity 
<laughs> like the team's not, you know, it's not showing up and it's just, you know, everyone's just negative. I don't know what it is this, this Monday or whatever it is. I go, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about that? It's you. <laughs> yeah. And they just laughed. They yeah. did. And they go, Holy shit. Yeah. They're like, it's me, isn't it? I go, yeah, it is. And they're like, thank you. I said, I think we're done. And I said, now you go back and bring a different level of energy. And later on, that person emailed me and said, Hey, thank you. Turn the whole day around because I'm just sitting there going like, you think you're the one that probably brought the negative energy to yeah, everybody, right. which is causing everyone else to be defensive. Cause everyone's yeah. like, so it was offensive today. And it was this. And I'm like, dude, listen to yourself right now. I said, you're wound up. I said, I think it's your energy that's actually causing everybody else to do that. So you can always check yours, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and do that. And again, just kind of a, know your instincts, but having the courage, this kind of goes number two, is to actually obey your instincts. Yeah. And then actually the, literally the example that you just gave is this principle number six, which is take responsibility for your emotional wake. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, in the conversation, but I mean, just in, in general too, yes. I mean, clearly whatever energy that person was bringing to a team meeting or whatever was totally disrupting the Team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's small and big. I mean, it's, it's also, uh, everyone has an emotional wake, it, it, you know, to go deeper into this is everything's energy, right? Everything. When you feel anger, it's just a feeling of energy, right? I mean, scientists has proven this now. There's no physics has proven this, that your hand, if drilled down enough is nothing but energy vibrating. And it's actually spaces between your hands. It's kind of hard to think about that. Right. Yeah, yeah. But there is spaces there. So everything in the world is energy, right? So when you feel love or anger, irritation or jealousy or fear, that's just a level of energy, right? So we just, we understand that. Yeah. So you are a walking ball of energy. Yes. So whatever your energy is, people are going to feel yeah. It's just, you do the, and some people may feel better, right? I mean, I'm not talking about like psychics or anything, but like yeah. some people may feel better or they're just looking for it more to feel that. And so you have an emotional wake that you're leaving. And when you wreck and you just need to, if you're feeling anger or jealousy, you may not have the meeting that you need to meet. It's fine to, to go or go clear your head, right? That's part of understanding that you have an emotional wake. So when you're going to have a fierce conversation, make sure you're clear. Whether that's you need to meditate, journal, walk, you know, just have a deep breath, listen to some music, whatever triggers you out of that. So you can actually come in from a neutral, balanced position to have that conversation. Well, yeah, yes. And from that, it's kind of like from the negative side. But um, all, what I was thinking also is that some of these con fierce conversations do actually change the trajectory of the individual's life because... Yes on a po more positive note, they may have seen the truth for the first time. They may mm -hmm. have had a major insight. They may have had their own fears or, or even successes reflected back at them. And that, and again, could potentially change the rest of their life and how much weight words carry as yeah. well. Um, I think one of our team members gave it, I can't remember the exact example, but she said that something you said to her, I think it was eight years ago when she first started working here, she still thinks about almost weekly one thing that yeah. you said eight years ago. Yeah. Um, and that could have been a negative thing that you said to her what was it? or it could have been a positive thing. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah. I do not remember. Yeah. Um, but, but either way, yeah. right. Yeah. Thank God it was a positive yeah. thing and she's carried that with her for eight years, but it could have been something horrible that somebody yeah. said. And then you carry that weight with you too. You know, what's really interesting as a leader. And again, it doesn't matter what size organization you have, you don't realize the impact of your words in the moment that have like, I, I it, that happens you know, somewhat regularly where people can say, Hey, something you said, even on this mm -hmm. podcast or something you said in a class or something that you said to me in our one-on-one or just something you said to me, like in an email, I'm holding on to that. You don't realize how your words. Mm -hmm. So that's also your emotional wake, not just when you show up, but the words you use in email, the words you use in text, yes. right? All of that you communication that you're doing. Very. I mean, I was going to say even more now, like even on social media, social media all, all of that, that stuff, like just being very intentional and purposeful about the words that you, yes, 
that you use and what's the intention behind them. And there are still obviously going to be misconstrued or misinterpreted, but you can mitigate some of that if you're more intentional. Yeah, that's exactly right. Number seven, let silence do the heavy lifting. We just took a pause. Yeah, well, <laughs> it wasn't long something. enough. But. I know, I know. I just, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's really, don't feel like you need to fill the conversation with filler words. Let mm-hmm. the conversation itself, look, you only hear words because of the space between the words. You only hear music because of the space between the music, right? So you only hear the intention. You only, you can only understand, you know, courage and truthfulness if you just sometimes give the conversation space to breathe. Yeah, especially if you um, if you're interrogating reality, let's say, yeah. and you're actually asking the person questions. That's usually the hardest one, sitting and waiting for them to answer, especially if they're an internal processor and they're processing, yes. processing, processing, and you're sitting there like, okay, I, they they clearly don't know the answer. I'm going to start helping them out by talking. Yeah, um, that's actually not what you should do, and you should just stay silent. Yes. And then it's always fascinating what comes out yes. of the silence because that, that person's usually uncomfortable with the silence too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoever can hold out longer usually gets the best information from the other person. You know, and, and people that fill conversations, it's like that voice starts going like, Oh my God, I should say something. I should do this again. Awkward. So whatever it is like, that's a great time to re- learn how to relax and surrender mm-hmm. to the moment. It's just a great principle to be able to do it. And don't, you don't feel like you're only filling the gap because you're uncomfortable. Exactly. Exactly. And so why don't you just learn to be uncomfortable in that silence? Just small things. You can be talking with a friend and all of a sudden you haven't seen for a while. And like the first 20 minutes goes and all of a sudden there's a break and there's a pause. And I always just kind of do this experiment with things. And it's like, I'm just going to sit here until and see how uncomfortable I don't want to do it for that person. I'm going, yeah. I'm going to see how uncomfortable my ego gets yeah. by just sitting here. And then eventually somebody else kind of says something just exactly. oh, the weather is over here. It's like the most random thing just to kind of break the silence. Yep. And then I always kind of joke sometimes about it and be like, oh, that's kind of, it's funny how silence is like, it doesn't, we can't allow ourselves to just be sitting next to each other. Yes. Like we just have to fill the conversation. Then they laugh and it's like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then again, we just have that more truthful conversation. Yeah. And I, I think when it's in the context of a fierce conversation, very often, whatever is said after that pause, I mean, that's a great example of more of a casual kind of conversation, but I usually, maybe not always, but usually in that fierce conversation, the person doesn't say something random. Yeah, that's right. Usually it's a, it's a question that's been asked or a point that's been presented and you're waiting for some sort of response. Um, and that, I mean, probably 80, 90% of the time, what does come out of that is like the truth, right? It's like, it really gets to the heart of whatever the issue is. If you let that space exist. What I will say too, is in those, don't rush them. Yeah. In those fierce conversations, it's one of the things you can say is that, Hey, I'm going to hold the space for you to think. I'm going to hold the space for you to just sit for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. I do that in coaching calls. Like when yeah. you say something and you can hear the pilots, I take the awkwardness out of it. So they don't have to think about what they're going to say to fill the gap. I said, I'm going to give you a minute or two of just space. Right. So that they just don't start. So they don't rambling. feel like they need to say something yeah. and get and actually get it out. Yeah. And then again, I think sometimes this, the silence on your part, right. Even if you're just quiet and pausing it, depending on if they're an internal and external processor, sometimes they will start externally processing and it might take them a little bit, yes, a, a few minutes to get there. But as long as you stay quiet and let them yes. do their thing and then they kind of go around and around and then they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Now I, yeah. now I've got the insight. And something that I do when I'm sitting there in that space is I just go to my breath. So I don't get pulled out of that. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm giving somebody a space, I'll just go, I, I just bring my awareness to my breathing mm-hmm. so that I'm not, becoming caught up in something. So just a cool little technique to do. So after the seven principles, you know, the question that I would have for everybody is, you know, what conversation are you currently avoiding? And another way of saying is what conversation do you need to have? Yeah. 
we all need to have fierce conversations. I feel like there's always someone. Yeah. Someone you always, one always comes to mind when you ask that question. Um, and then go schedule it and, and have it this week. Yeah, that's exactly right. Cause you have to t- tackle that tough challenge. Yes. And, and today and, or this yes, week. Exactly. Cause it takes so much energy to suppress these things. Oh, 100%. right. Like when you know, you need to have the conversation and you just don't have it, whether that's with a client, whether that's with a personal relationship, whether that's in a business relationship and to any degree, some of them, they may be like a three, some of them may be a nine, mm-hmm. right. Some of them may be existential. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was going to say, or, or those conversations with yourself that you exactly are right. avoiding. Yes. Yeah because of fear. Yes. So, you know, I think one of the most important things out of all of these principles that you can start practicing today is to step in front of that fear. So mm-hmm. if they get anything from this is uh, small scales and, and people know this, we don't need to explain it because then people understand it. Like they know when they're letting fear prevent them from saying something. Great example of this is, is so you walk up and somebody has something in their teeth. Yeah. Right. What's the, it's so funny how people are afraid to say something. But then the yes. worst thing is if you're sitting there talking to somebody and then somebody else comes up and goes, Oh, you got something in your teeth. You've been sitting there being like, now you're like, Oh man, but you only have like 15 sec, like five, 10 seconds. Cause if you wait too long, then they're like, why didn't you tell me? Exactly. Sooner? If you're yeah. ever around me, like I always do, if I ever yes, see somebody, yeah, I yeah. see them te- teeth. I always will say, Hey, you got something in your teeth. Yeah. And I don't say it like, it, like I got you or anything. It's just like, Oh, somebody should know. They don't know. It's not their fault. They got right, something right. in their teeth. Yeah. Why do you think people don't say it and fear yeah but is it f- fear of what the fear of how somebody's gonna react like they're gonna be right. embarrassed. embarrassed so now i feel for them because i can't control how they're gonna feel for yeah. embarrassment yeah and if you just say it not like, if a kid walked up to you and said hey you got something in your teeth you wouldn't feel embarrassed correct yeah it's only because an adult because and the, you're like oh my god that means they were staring at exactly. me exactly what are they gonna think about me like an idiot exactly. and, yeah <laughs> it's so ridiculous <laughs> It, it, how we act and what, you know, uh, I read somewhere where we're in like an offline conversation with Michael Singer was having a conversation with this Buddhist monk and happened to come over and it's random, but he said, Michael said he'd spent like two weeks in the United States for the first time. And he looked at Michael and one of the first things he said to him after sitting there for a while and goes, it is amazing what humans do here with their minds. Huh? I thought that I just never forget that conversation. And how, what did that mean to you? That. What you just said. That's oh, how they use their the, minds. The, yes. The, cra- the, like the crazy. The personal, cra- like, oh my God, what they, like, what do they think? It's the, yeah. this, the egoic level of using your mind of self-image, self-concepts, yeah, yeah. past and future. And, and he was just, because in other parts of the world, they don't do this. Yeah, yeah. But then what do they do? They're being just like, they're a, just they're, in their more present. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, even a dog is much more closer to being than most humans are. Yeah. Because that's why, like, if a dog or a child comes up and says that to you, or like a dog, if you had something in your teeth and dog was there, you wouldn't feel embarrassed. Right. Right. And so you only do it when somebody else can judge you. Yes. And if there's no judgment coming from another person, you can feel that. Right. So then you don't feel embarrassed. Yeah, right. So yeah. we always operated so from not feeling like you need to judge somebody because you're insignificant or insecurity, then it would be a completely different conversation you would start having an interaction with the world. And that's the intent, right? Part of all of these fierce conversations is so that you can change your intent. It's not about what you do. It's about how you're doing what you're doing and how you're walking through life that what really matters. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to today's episode of Business Meets Spirituality. I want to let you know that this October, I'll be teaching our career visioning course to help you hire the best people for growing and scaling your business. Career visioning provides proven hiring systems to ensure that the best and the brightest candidates join your team and take your business to the next level. I will take you through what I've learned about hiring through growing my own businesses, how to use behavior assessments to match talent to opportunities, how to master a comprehensive interview process that reduces the guesswork on evaluating talent, how to set up your new hires for success, and much, much more. 
The virtual course costs $99, which includes course materials and two weeks of access to the live recording after the course is complete. Join me and Hallie October 6th and 7th. There are limited tickets available, so be sure to register as soon as possible. To sign up, go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash events.